0: This evening, and turn to Exodus chapter 20. Don't forget if you have signed up for the Bible board. I know it's easy to forget if you signed up. Go ahead and mark your, mark the the Bible, books of the Bible that you've read. It's been encouragement to me to, usually, typically I go by there once a week and look at the names and try to pray for those folks and you folks, those folks, you folks, and uh, it's been encouragement. Some of you have already finished. Several folks have already finished their Bible. Get ready to go through. A different time, or maybe a different way. Some of you've done it chronologically. Some of you've done it just, uh, you know, New Testament. Some have done Old Testament first. Different ways. There's lots of ways to read the Bible. Some people read it read it straight through. However, you do it, the mo- the most important thing is not so much how much you read, though that's important, but how much you get, you retain, and it goes through you. You can read a lot. I don't know about you, but I find myself, if I'm not careful reading it, I'll read a chapter or two, and I don't know what, it, I don't know what in the world I just read. You ever done that? Now, come on now, be honest now. We're in church. If you ain't honest here, where can you be? <laughs> I did that just the other day. I was reading through Jeremiah, and I got through a chapter or two, and I didn't know what in the world Jeremiah said. I said, I better go back, because I might meet Jeremiah. Well, I'm sure I will meet Jeremiah. <laughs> Because I'm going to heaven, I'm sure he's already there. And I'd hate to say, J- Jeremiah say, now, did you read what I actually said? Uh, yeah, I think I read it. I tried to read it, just, just all of it, every, every word. And I, under- I only read it. I tried to understand it, too. Because it's one thing to read it, but remember those uh, reading comprehension tests that you guys loved so much back in school days that you just can't wait to have one of these days again when you have kids or grandkids. Yes, those are wonderful. But don't forget to, to uh, if you would, put your stickers up and be an encouragement to others. Exodus chapter 20, in just one verse this evening. Exodus chapter 20, in just one verse, as we're working our way down through these Ten Commandments. We're in chapter 20, and in verse 12. The Bible t- reads, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you again for this opportunity to be in your house, Lord, to be with your people, to sing these wonderful hymns about heaven. Lord, we long for that place, and I pray, God, you'd help us, Lord, knowing that we're going there. Help us to be obedient till we get there. And one of the areas, Lord, that you've asked us, you commanded us to be obedient in, is this area of honoring our father and our mother. No matter how old we are, I pray, God, you'd help us to do these things and so we might live long upon the earth. God help us to fulfill this commandment. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Much has been spoken about the Titanic recently, uh, because of course the Titan, uh, that submarine that went down, and all of us were thinking and praying for for it. And, and but we didn't realize it was already it, was, it already happened. You know, we were talking about it Wednesday night, pray for the Titan, and it it, it already blew, it already imploded last Sunday, and so and of course all that was kept from us. We didn't know it and maybe rightfully so, but sadly, that was a tragic thing. Uh, I hear people, even on social media, say, rest in peace, and I hope they are. Without Christ, there is no rest in peace. I hope you know that. We want rest in peace for everybody, but only through Christ is there rest in peace. As we mentioned this morning, if they didn't know Christ is their Savior, they're not resting in peace right now. And so, but we, as much has been said about that, we think about the Titanic, and hopefully you probably maybe read something about it or you maybe watched a, a film about it. But uh, interesting, of course, the tragedy that happened um, and, and, in 1912, 1516 people went to a cold, watery grave. Uh, and they were thinking this ship was unsinkable. It was an unsinkable ship which departed from Queenstown. Um, it was a message that was received that warned of icebergs on the the path of the ship. The wireless operator, however, ignored the warning. He had been told the ship was unsinkable. How? There's no way. It's no way the Titanic would ever sink. So why would he bother to pass a message to the captain? Hours later, another cable came with the same message. A wireless operator hooded it but failed to write down. A third message came. This time the operator wrote the message down, handed it to the captain. The captain read the message. Comment, turned it over to the message director of the white star line. He read it and threw the message in the wastebasket on the bridge. How tragic. An hour later, a fourth warning was received. This time the captain said, tell the people on lookout to watch for icebergs. This was the only precaution that was taken by the ship. The Titanic steamed ahead, full speed, 22 knots into the darkness of the night. At 9.30 p.m., the fifth warning was received. There was still no slowdown in speed. At at, 9, at 11.30 that night, the crackling sound of another ship was heard in the radio room. Hey, this is the California. I don't know about you, but, boy, we are really locked in the ice field out there, the Titanic radio operator shouted. Shut up! You're janning my airways, and cut him off. Ten minutes later, the lookout screamed, Iceberg ahead! It was too late. However, for nothing could be done to avert disaster, the mammoth ship slammed the iceberg, which ripped a, a gash 300 feet long into its hole. All 16 wider tight compartments were immediately sealed off, and everyone said, We will all be all right. The, sink, the ship is unsinkable. One bulkhead gave away, then another, and the ship was doomed. While the passengers were told the ship was in danger and they should head for the lifeboats, but never in the whole cruise had the passengers been assigned to a lifeboat. Why should they? It was unsinkable. When, they announced, when the announcement was made for the passengers to go to the lifeboats, many passengers refused to obey the order. They firmly believed the ship was unsinkable. Testimony revealed later that lifeboats could have handled 500 more passengers. Many of those folks died suffering from locked-in thinking, thinking the ship was unsinkable. How many people in this world, how many lives have been sunk, how many kids, how many youth have been raised, and their parents trying to instruct them, their parents trying to help them, and parents trying to coach them, their parents trying to... Tell them what's true. But the youth will say, it's my life, I do what I want. I'm okay. My parents don't know anything. They don't understand my problems. I'm okay. I'll be happier when I'm out, of my, out on my own and free from my parents' rules, standards, and regulations. Then they go join the military. Then they say... I am okay my parents are to blame for all my problems and unhappiness. Mm. How many youth doom themselves with this false type of thinking. They become addicts, abductors, killers, criminals. They fill our prisons. Our prisons which are which are packed and we are the citizens which pay for them are packed and why are the reasons why they're packed because it all goes back to honor thy father and thy mother it all goes back to that it all goes back to these commandments if we would simply understand the truth of the god of god's word and obey it The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, Children, obey your parents to the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. This is a commandment that we're supposed to obey, because with obeying it, it promises us life. It promises life, long life. The fifth commandment was said to be the first one listed on the second tablet. The first table dealt with our right relationship with God, but the second table dealt with our right relationship with other people. So how do we honor our parents? How do we go about honoring our parents? And this is not something just for a five-year-old. It's for a 55-year-old or for a 95-year-old. As long as you're drawing breath, the commandment to honor your father and mother is still relevant. How do we honor our parents first of all we show reverence to our parents leviticus chapter 19 verse 3 he shall fear every man his mother and his the father keep and keep my sabbaths i am the lord your God, your god to have an inward reverence for our parents not just an outward reverence not just okay i'm obeying because you want me to but an inward reverence we have a, ought to have a, an awe a respect for the people who who placed us allowed us to be in this world we should never say to our family the old man or the old lady i cringe when i hear you say that those words that's disrespect no matter what they've done no matter how they've treated you it's not dear friend about their personality they have been given to you as a God and as a God-given position in your life that you cannot change. It's not about their personality and what they've done or what they've not done. I'm not saying that even they deserve the respect in a sense of how they've treated you, but they've earned it because of the fact that they're simply your parents, our parents. The Bible says, Proverbs 31, 28, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Honor our parents by careful obedience. Colossians 3, 20, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing the Lord. It pleases God when we obey our our, our parents. Of course, we're talking about children that are are in the home. Uh, uh, Obedience to parents is demonstrated in several ways. Listening to their counsel. Proverbs 1, 8, My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. Proverbs 13, 1, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Proverbs twenty three twenty two hearken unto thy father that beget thee, and despise not the mother that when she is old. Comply with the commands of your parents. Deuteronomy chapter five, verse sixteen, honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God commandeth thee, that thy days may be prolonged, that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. One reason God's people were taken away from the land of Babylonian captivity is because they dishonored their parents. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 7. In thee have they set light by father and mother. In the midst of thee have they dealt with oppression with the stranger. In thee they vexed their fatherless and their widow. This word light here is from the Hebrew, which means to be of little worth or insignificant, so slight to treat with contempt or to curse. Ezekiel 22, verse 15, I will scatter thee among the heathens and disperse thee in the countries and will consume the filthiness out of their land. Why? Because they didn't honor their father and mother. The result of their contempt for their parents was their captivity. Thirdly, we honor our parents by listening to them and loving them. Proverbs 23, 22, Hearken to thy father and beget thee. Despise not thy mother when she is old. How do you, did you know how we got the day, Mother's Day? You know, do you know anything about that? We just celebrated Mother's Day, Father's Day. Mother's Day was born in a small Methodist church in Grafton, West Virginia. In 1876, the nation still mourned the Civil War, the Civil War's dead. While teaching a Memorial Day lesson, Miss Anna Reeves Jarvis thought of mothers who had lost their sons. She prayed that one day there could be a Memorial Day for mothers. The prayer made a deep impression on one of Miss Jarvis' 11 children. Young Anna had seen her mother's efforts to hold the war-split community and church together. As she grew into adulthood, the younger woman kept Mrs. Jarvis's dream in her heart. And on the day of her mother's death, Anna was determined to establish the Mother's Day in her honor. On May 12, o seven, a local observance was held, which later spread to uh, which later spread to Philadelphia. By nineteen ten, Mother's Day was celebrated in forty-five states, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Canada, Mexico. Later, later, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Canada, Mexico. Elated, Miss Jarvis told a friend where where it will end must be left for the future to tell that it will circle the globe now seems certain. On May 8th, 1914, President Wilson designated the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day for displaying the American flag and for the public expression of love and reverence for the mothers of the country. How can we reverence our, our... our our parents by honor by honoring our parents we're choosing to be wise and not foolish it's a wise decision proverbs 10 verse 1 a wise son maketh a glad father but a foolish son is the heaviness of a mother proverbs 15:20 a wise son maketh a glad father but a foolish man despiseth his mother proverbs 17:21 he that beginneth a fool doeth it to his sorrow and the father of a fool hath no joy We honor our parents by using wisdom in what we say. Proverbs 23, 16, Yea, my reign shall rejoice when my lips shall speak right things. We honor them by caring for them when they're weak. One of the most horrible things I see often as I have worked and ministered in nursing homes is seeing parents left just to live listless lives without very little interaction by their own children. And I've seen it. It's one of the most horrible things i think that's happening in our country right now and happening i'm sure all over the world is people are just basically dying in the nursing homes with very little care from their own family very little concern i would go in and talk to these elderly folks and i would say when's the last time you talked to your daughter oh i don't know remember "When's a the lot they'd have pictures and they would cherish them but they couldn't remember maybe some because of their memory but some of it i have no doubt was simply because of neglect They dishonored their mother and father. They did not care for them when weak. When they were weak as a child, their mothers and fathers cared for them. But when they became weak, the children did not take care of them. Folks, we need to take care of our mother and our father. It is an obligation. It is a responsibility. And it matters. It matters. Joseph cherished his father in his old age, Young. Young storks, by instinct of nature, bring meat to older ones when by reason of age they're not able to fly. The memory of Ananias was, was honored by carrying his aged father out of Troy when the city was on fire. Children who are ashamed of their parents when they're old and fall into decay dishonor themselves and their parents. Leeches are those children that give them stones when their parents ask for bread. In the final hours of Jesus, Jesus took great care of his mother, the Bible reports it in John chapter 19, verse 26. When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother, disciple standing by him, which we know, of course, is John, by whom he had whom he loved, he said to his mother, Mother, woman, behold thy son. Then saith that he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, the disciples took her unto his own home. Jesus made sure, even on the cross. Even he was dying, even as he was being crucified, and he was in agony. Some of his last words were to his disciple, whom he loved, to take care of his mother, Mary. Dear friend, that's an example that Jesus gave. And dear friends, that's something that you and I should, by the grace of God, live by. How are parents dishonored today? By stubbornness. Deuteronomy 21, verse 20. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This is our stubborn and rebellious; he will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Whew. By lack of respect, Deuteronomy chapter twenty-seven, verse sixteen: Cursed be he that, that setteth light by his father or his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. By despising their mother, Proverbs fifteen twenty: Wise some maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. By cursing your father, father. Proverbs 30, verse 11, this is a generation that curses their father and doth not bless their mother by, of course, disobedience. And this is, of course, a sign of the times, isn't it? And Paul told that to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. I want you to show you an example of a group of people who honor their father. Take, take your Bible and turn to that book that I mentioned earlier, Jeremiah. Look at Jeremiah chapter 35 this evening. We're going to look at a, at a, a, a picture or, or illustration of a group of people who honor their father first. Jeremiah chapter 35, if you would. Jeremiah chapter 35. And verse 1, Jeremiah chapter 35 and verse 1, we're going to learn about the Rechabites. How many of you remember the Rechabites? You said, Reca who? <laughs> the, Re- the Rechabites. The Rechabites, Jeremiah chapter 35, verse 1. Their words came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Je- uh, Jehoiakim, the son of Joshua, king of Judah, saying, Go to the house of the Rechabites, and speak to them, and bring unto them the house of the Lord unto one of the chambers, and give, and give them wine to drink. So we see this command from Jeremiah and the compromise that was about to take place in verse 3 then I took Jezaniah the son of Jeremiah the son of Habazaniah and his brethren all his sons and the whole house of the Rechabites and I brought them into the house of the Lord into the chamber of the sons of Hanan and one of the Igdala a man of God which was by the chamber of the princes which is above the, the chamber of, of Messiah the son of Shalom the keeper of the door and I set before the sons of the house of Rechabites pots full of wine and cups and I said to them drink ye wine so here he is, this command, Here I'm, I'm going to drink this wine, and the, the wine was set before him. And what did, what did, how, did they, how did the Rechabites respond? Verse 6, but they said, we will drink no wine. The wine was brought before them, they were told to drink the wine, but the Rechubites, children of the Rechabites said, no, we're not going to drink any wine. Look at verse 6, but they said, we will drink no wine, for Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, We shall drink no wine, neither ye nor your sons forever. Neither shall ye build houses, nor sow seed, nor plant vineyard, nor have any. But all your days you shall dwell in the tents, that ye may live many days in the land wherein you are strangers. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonah, the son of Rechab, our father, and all. And he hath charged us to drink no wine, nor days, nor we, our wives, our sons, our daughters, nor build houses to us to dwell in. Neither have we a vineyard, nor field, nor seed. We have dwelt in tents and have bade and done according to all the that Jonadab our father commanded us. But it shall come to pass when Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon came up into the land that he that we said, that we said, come, let's go to Jerusalem for fear of the many of the Chaldeans for the fear of the army of the Syrians. So we dwell at Jerusalem. So this Jonadab had helped King Jehu, jehu if you want to say, remove Baal from the from the from Israel in Second Kings chapter ten. The luxuries of the. Of the palace, of course, Siphon Jehu's zeal for the Lord, protects his children from idolatry. Jonadab made, it, made his children uh, make a, 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 t- to listen. He said, basically, here's my commandment. I want you to stay away from wine. He knew it would destroy them. He knew that it would hurt them. He kept them out of the cities and free from the luxuries of the world. For 200 years, the Rechabites obeyed Jonadab's instructions. Look at the criteria in verse 14. The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab. Uh, Rechab, that he commanded his sons not to drink, were performed for unto the day that they drank none, but obeyed their father's commandment. Notwithstanding, I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, but you hearken not unto me. So the Rechabites were an example. The, the rest of the nation had had gone astray, had not listened to the commandments of God. Here was this group of people who, who'd heard from their father and their children, their children after them, said, Our father said, drink no wine. And, and that's what you said, and even though it's been brought before us and, and provided for us, we're still not going to do it. What's the compensation? We'll look at verse 18 and 19. And Jeremiah said in the house of Rechabites, thus saith the Lord. Of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab, your father, and kept all his precepts and, and done according to all that he hath commanded you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab, shall not want a man to stand before me forever. What is he saying? He's saying obedience brings blessing. These people obeyed their father and something was fundamental because Jonah Depp said, if, you're dr- if you drink wine you become a drunkard, you're going to be no good. And you know what? That was good in the days of Jeremiah. It's good today too. That alcohol is not going to do you any good, but basically destroy your lives. How many wrecks are on 39th? How many wrecks are on seventy five? How many wrecks are on ninety five? Because somebody got drunk. Because somebody got intoxic- intoxicated. How many? How many accidents? How many lives? How many women have been beaten almost to death because their husbands were drunk? How many fathers have beaten their children? Some to death because they got drunk. Alcohol is a terrible thing. There's very few, very few script Bible verses that say anything positive about wine. I'm not preaching about wine, though I could preach about wine. But wine is a mocker, strong drink is a raising, there, whoso is deceived thereby. Is not wise when the Bible says is not wise dear friend stay away from it like it's a snake stay away from it like it's the IRS man coming to your house run stick away from it get away there's gonna be there's gonna be temptation for everybody in this room and I'm sure temptation faces you on a regular basis to stay away from alcohol they had little possessions. They were free to move about where they were spared from both the Assyrian and Babylonian captivities. The Northern Kingdom collapsed in 722 B.C. from the Assyrian invasion. The Rechabites moved from the, from, the, from the north to the south. Babylon fell in 8, 586 B.C. The Rechabites moved again because of their obedience to the parents, because they honored their father's commandment. The Rechabites lived in freedom and peace on the land of their birth while their countrymen were leaving, living in slave encampments in foreign lands. There's blessing and obedience. Some of you, I'm sure, were told by your parents to do something. And you listened. It may have you, taken you a little while, but eventually, maybe two years or three years or four years or five years or, or ten years, down the road, or maybe when you finally get to have children yourself, you saw the wisdom of their words. And some of you, probably all of us, did not listen to what our parents said and we thought nothing of it in five six seven eight ten fifteen twenty years or when we have children we realized how important that we should have listened to our parents so we we see classic example of, of a group of people who decided to obey their parent and was a so blessed. But of course, there's a classic example of someone in the Bible. Many, we could go through many examples if we had the time. But I want to look at just one. Look at Judges chapter 14. Look at the example of one person that we could look at several different people, groups, children that, dis- that disobeyed their parents. Let's look at the life of Samson. Samson, to me, is the picture of someone who had great opportunity but wasted it. If you could sum up Samson's life in one phrase, it would be, what could have been? What could have been? Judges chapter 14, verse 2. He was an example of disobedient son. First of all, he was apathetic to the cautions of his parents. Judges chapter 14, verse 10. He came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Samson didn't want to date the girls in the youth group. He said, he said, Mom and Dad, I've looked at the youth group, and there's, there's few and far between. <laughs> how about go out there to the, how about go to the University of Florida and find me one? <laughs> there's, a, there's a host of them out there. Go get me a Philistine woman. <laughs> Oh, well, it didn't work out too well. He abused his parents' instructions. Judges chapter 13, verse 4. Now, therefore, beware, I pray thee, drink not wine or strong drink and eat not any clean thing. Remember, he took the the vow of a Nazarite. He touched the unclean things, though, in Judges chapter fourteen, verse eight and nine. After a time, he returned to take her. He was turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion, and he took thereof in his hands and went to the eating and came to the father and mother and gave them and did eat. And he told them, the told them not that he had not had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So he touched that which was unclean, a dead animal, and he broke the vows which was been given to him. He was in the vineyards where he did not. Long he touched that was unclean, he drank wine when he should not have. Judges chapter fourteen verse five went down, then went Samson down to the father and his mother of Timna and came to the vineyards of Timna. Behold, a young lion roared against him. He had an appetite for sensual women. Judges chapter sixteen verse one then Samson to Gaza and he saw there a harlot and went into her. That means he had a physical relationship with her. What does the Bible say about that? Proverbs 29, verse 3. Whoso loveth wisdom rejoices his father, but he that company hath a, keepeth the company with harlots spendeth his, his substance. What is he saying? Solomon's saying he's destroying himself. And, Proverbs, and of course, Solomon knew all about that. Proverbs 28, verse 7: Whoso keepeth the law of a wise son, but he that is a companion of, of riotous men shameth his father. So what happened to Samson? Well, you know the story of Samson Delilah. Basically, his eyes were taken away from him. His strength was taken from him. His opportunity was, strength, was taken away from him. And all of that was because he disobeyed his mother and father. He lost his sight. He lost his might. We see his flight. And ultimately, he lost his life. He lost, it he lost his life. You say, Pastor, obeying your father and mother is important. Do you want to live very long? Do you want to have a long life do you want to prosper do you want to do well then dear friend ask yourself a question whether you be 12 or 27 or 47 or 77 or 88 wherever you be whoever you be do you speak well of your family parents be careful about speaking evil of your parents in front of your children For one day they may speak ill of you. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you do. Be careful how you honor them in life. Be careful how you honor them in death. Take time to communicate. While they are still here, there's a day coming where they will be gone. And you will not have the opportunity anymore. How's your relationship? With your parents how's your relationship with your family oftentimes people come to me and they'll say they're struggling spiritually and almost every time that people say that to me I always go back and I say how is your relationship with the people in your immediate family your wife your son your brother your mother and your father and almost to the T when someone is struggling spiritually It's because there's some bitterness between them and a a sister, or uncle, or mother, or father, or someone in their immediate family. It's a harbored hurt, and maybe it's not them against them specifically. Maybe it could be about it. Maybe you could be bitter at God, who took one of your family to in His sovereignty, chose for for that that mom or dad or brother or sister to die in a certain way. And maybe maybe you're bitter at God because that relative past when you didn't think they were supposed to pass or hope they wouldn't pass. And many people live bitter lives and they don't even recognize their bitterness. But they're struggling spiritually. Bitterness is that underneath angst, hate, struggle of, of, of sadness that if not dealt with, Will cause a person to struggle spiritually, but not just them. The Bible talks about Hebrews that the root of bit, there's a root of bitterness whereby many be defiled. If you have someone in your family that's bitter because a God or because of a family member, what is said, what's been done, then that bitterness will go not just to that per, not will just be with that person because we don't sin in a vacuum. It will spread through the entire family. I've known people and families be one person bitter and that one bitter person affected everybody in their entire family and now no one wants to spend time with them anymore when they find out they're at the family reunion they don't want to go to the family reunion because oh, so-and-so is there and they struggle with bitterness and that bitterness what does it lead to alcohol abuse sexual abuse drug abuse Lack of any type of spirituality, lack of any type of morals, basically spiritual suicide. And it all starts with family matters. Dear friends, family does matter. Your parents do matter. How are we respecting them? There was a time in my life where I struggled with my relationship with my father. He was gone a lot. I mentioned this before, he was gone a lot, he was a truck driver, and I would play sports, and I'd look up in the stands, and I'd see other kids, and their parents would be there, and mom and dad would be there cheering, and I'd look up in the stands, and I didn't see my, my dad, or especially because he was gone working, and I, I, had, I, I became a, a bitterness that I didn't even recognize that I had in my own life. And years later, when I, after I became saved, I heard a message on bitterness, and I had this, this underlying anger and angst against my father that I didn't recognize I even had, and I had to go to him personally and ask his forgiveness for bitterness. And now we have the best relationship we've ever had in our entire life. But you know what I had to do? I had to admit I had a problem. I didn't blame it on him. I didn't blame it on my mother. I didn't blame it on God. I didn't blame it on the circumstance. I didn't blame it on my coach. I didn't blame it on anything else. It was me. And I had to confess my sin And once I did and humbled myself and got right with my dad, things immediately got better. And dear friend, maybe you need to do that tonight. It might not be mom, might not be dad, might be brother or cousin or aunt or uncle. But I'm I'm strongly encouraging you, if you feel in your life you're not growing spiritually. You feel in your life you're just kind of just... You're just going through the motions. You're you're showing up, and you, you even read your Bible, maybe even pray, maybe even witness, maybe do lots of things, but you just feel like you're not going there. Could it be? Could it be that there's some harbored hurt you have against somebody, maybe even God himself, and you've never resolved it? And that's why you're going round and round and round in a circle, but you're not getting anywhere in your spiritual life. Are you honoring your parents are you right with your parents are you choosing to be obedient you folks who are teenagers and young people in this room are you choosing it are you deciding it I'm not saying it's not always easy and I'm not even saying your parents are always right because a lot of times we are wrong we're wrong so we're wrong and the wise parent is someone who recognizes the wrong and admits it and by the grace of God tries to do better because no, no parent nor child is perfect. We recognize where we're wrong and by the grace of God, try to improve and do better the next time. And that's what we should all do. We should all strive to be better in our lives, personal relationships and private relationships. How important is it in our lives to love God and have a right relationship with, with him? But secondly, to love others. May it be able to be said of each of us tonight, it is well with our soul. But dear friend, if you're not right with a relative, it's not right with your soul. You can blame them. You can excuse it. All you can do, you can make, you can say all these different things. But if you're not right with another brother or sister, family member, you cannot be right with God. Why not? Why not get in touch with them? Not, to next, not, not tomorrow, tomorrow. Not next week. Not a convenient time. But how about tonight, on your, or maybe even on your way home, make a phone call? You say they won't answer. Try text. You say they won't answer. Write a letter. Do everything that you can. Go as far as you can. And I'm not even saying that when you do those things that the person you're writing to, communicating to, will respond properly. I don't, I don't know if they will. They may not. They may not forgive you. But you know what you do? You need to go down the, as far as you can down the road of righteousness to be right with God and be, to right, be right with others around you. It's the most important thing you can do as a Christian. The reason why we're not growing is we simply find ourselves bitter at other people and we're struggling. Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for the folks who came out tonight, God. How important is this command from the scriptures to honor our father and mother? Help us, Lord Jesus, we need your help. Lord, help us to recognize where we're wrong. Help us to see it for ourselves, not to blame others for their failures. Oh, I'm sure there's been failures. But when when we have done wrong, when we've had the responsibility to be respectful, when we have the opportunity to be obedient, when we have done things that we should not have done, help us, Lord, to be it right in our area of responsibility and not always focus on what they have not done or what they should have done, which we can't take care of. All we can do is take care of our part. Lord, I pray for anyone in this room who's bitter, who's struggling in relationship? God, that you'd help them to see it before it's too late. I pray, Lord, with everyone here tonight that you know Christ is your Savior and that there's been a time in your life where you placed your faith in him. But if you're here tonight and you know there's a, there's a, there's a strain between you and a family member, you know there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a problem that, that, that maybe you're, you're dealing with, there's a difficulty, and you know it and every time you pray or every time you read the bible or every time you hear a message about a clear conscience it comes back to you how about tonight instead of avoiding it how about tonight instead of kicking the can down the road how about taking care of it as the piano plays this evening and the holy spirit speaks in that still small voice how about you friend could you say without any hesitancy i know preacher i am right with god and by the grace of god i could say i'm right with other people i'm right by the grace of god i've tried to i've tried to keep a, a clear conscience with my family with my my brothers and my sisters and my aunts and my uncles to, to the best of my ability by the grace of god i'm trying to live a righteous life being clean with others i hope you can say that maybe maybe there's some people in this room say i know i'm struggling spiritually and I know it's in this area of not being right with some friends or relatives, and I desperately need to get right with them soon. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that to be honest this evening? Somebody that the Spirit of God spoke to me about, I need to be right with them. I need to I need to get in contact with them. I need to talk to them. Maybe a brother, maybe an uncle, maybe a sister, maybe an aunt, maybe a mom or a dad. Or, I need to get right. I need to make that decision. I didn't, I didn't do everything I can do. Instead of blaming the problem on them, I need to do everything I can do from my perspective to get right. Would you pray for me, preacher, or anybody else? Let's stand to our feet if God has spoken in your, your heart about this area or maybe some other area. Maybe there's an issue in your own home. But there's a struggle, there's a difficulty. Between parent and child in this area of honoring and, and you're praying for a disobedient child who's walking away maybe you're a mom or dad and you have a rebellious daughter rebellious son and you're there's a there's a there's a problem here there's a difficulty here there's a strain here and you need help you need encouragement and you're going through it may God help you tonight maybe you just come out come to this altar and say God help me I don't know what to do I'm I'm asking for your help I'm asking for wisdom whatever the need is tonight obey the voice of a God and do his will